good Saturday evening, and welcome to another edition of the Wrestle Maniacs, presented by the Sideline Junkies, sponsored by Anchor FM. We have the People's Choice, Dom Rodriguez. In the house. You have the big guy, KG, which is me. President also in the house. For, yeah. <laughs> President accounted for, man. Whew. Oh, Another my. big week. I believe it's what, week four? Yeah. Of the, uh, the front line battle for supremacy on Wednesday, at least. But uh, if we go jump in the front lines, we might as well start with the Titans, pun included, for uh, Vince McMahon and Titan Sports, uh, of Raw versus SmackDown for what we just might as well call overall um, WWE supremacy between USA and the newly resurgent T. And T. So, um, I guess we'll start with SmackDown Live. Why not? SmackDown started off because this is the go home show for Crown Jewel on the SmackDown side. We still got one more Raw to go before Crown Jewel airs on Halloween. But uh, it started with uh, both teams Team Hogan, Team Flair. Team Flair is Shinsuke Nakamura. I I guess I said King Corbin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't really, really, really commit to that. But King Corbin was in the ring. And then they had Sami Zayn there. And then on uh, Team Hogan's side, you had Ali, KG's boy, Shorty G. And uh, the big dog, Roman Reigns, in the ring. So now you watch SmackDown Live. I watch SmackDown Live, and I want to know if you feel the same way. And this is like one of those momentous moments right here. I felt, and this is scary to say, considering that he is the greatest of all time to do it, but I felt that Hulk Hogan out-promoed Ric Flair on uh, SmackDown on Friday. Let me know what you think. Maybe it was just me. But Hogan remembered his lines. He named everybody twice on his team and the other team. And it was just like, damn, Hogan. Like, if you could just get in the match that you're trying to set up, that'd be perfect. But you tell me. I got I got I gotta agree with you. Um and as of late, uh the, the, the health issues, you can see them take their toll on Rick. So, Flair's not Flair. He doesn't come off as fluid and crisp as he, he normally does. So, yeah, he, he did. Because uh, he he was stumbling a little bit on on his words uh, Monday night. But he got him again on uh, Thursday. Thursday. Uh, on Friday. I don't know why I said Thursday. I'm so used <laughs> yeah, to coming on you Thursday. You flashback. Sorry, you having a yeah. same moment. But, yeah, he did get him again. Yeah, I brought that up because, you know, like you just mentioned, uh, Ric Flair on Monday opened the show. So Flair had a, a double responsibility uh, to start promoting Crown Jewel. He actually announced Drew McIntyre 
as his anchor. Uh, I know he has RKO as the team captain, but, you know, Drew, that's an anchor right there. So, yeah, Flair had double duty on both sides of the coin, the beginning and end of the week. But, um, yeah, uh, Hogan's little cut-in promo on Monday was okay. I mean, it was it was a, a video thing, so it wasn't anything major. But I would say live and in person, Hogan paid dividends and helped sell uh, that pay-per-view, in my opinion. So that, that was a good thing to see as Hollywood Hogan actually pulling weight and, and making things happen on, you know, when the responsibility is on his shoulders to help sell a pay-per-view. Because in my opinion, he hasn't done that in quite some time where he is a focal point of a particular pay-per-view. So I was happy to see that. So beyond that, then we get into the inside of the sandwich. You know, Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet. Uh, it was a building moment, you know, because Drew had to be put over if he's just being named as the anchor. You know, Ricochet had to take the L. Um, one thing I did like about Raw is that we saw Cardale Jones, uh, former Ohio State QB, now DC Defenders XFL QB, was in attendance. So the sprinkling of the XFL message is starting to happen as we get deeper and deeper into the NFL um, season, as well as closely, because let's be honest, man, we're about to hit November. We're going to blink and we're talking Super Bowl at this point. Hell, the way some of these teams are playing, it's not that hard to figure out who's clinching divisions. (laughs) <laughs> I know you guys talk about it a lot, but I may not be watching Mama's Foosball all the time. But, yeah, there's a couple places you can look on the screen and be like, yeah. Um, did y'all just get y'all ass handed to you like that on national television? We're not going to name any team names. But I felt really bad and offended that they got their asses whipped that heavily in triple digits. Uh, you know, but besides the point. Perfect timing to sprinkle in XFL. Vince actually tweeted earlier today a little quick tweet about the XFL. So it's good to see that he's starting to get that brand messaging out there in preparation for that 2020 season. That tickets are on sale all across the board. Um, You know, we'll be seeing a lot more XFL as we get closer and closer. But that that was good to see that, uh, you know, they, they went for the D.C. route especially considering that the number one team in the District of Columbia right now, the Washington Nationals, is in the World Series. And for the DMV, it's been a long time since World and Series has been together and mention of anything in that area. Um, Sorry, Orioles. I don't know what to tell you. But the Nationals are there, and they have a shot. I think it'll probably go the entire series, but they have a shot. Especially concerning that they, I know we're going into baseball. Uh, they dominated Houston at home. <laughs> they lost at their home, uh, which I guess is the DC way. No offense, but <laughs> but <laughs> if you could win away games, and they have the shot at this. So if they if they're gonna crush it um, for the next couple, then hey, you know you'll have to take some pictures and do some. Uh, actually, all of y'all some sideline junkies reporting on the Washington Nationals parade and all that stuff. So that'd be pretty exciting. But coming back over to the wrestling side of things, um, on the Raw, we but, had Alex. Wait, I'm wait, sorry, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you do that, Uh-oh. you saying that 
they're jumping on the whole product line of the XFL. We here at the Sideline Junkies, especially you and myself, have been on this, what, about eight months now? We've been mentioning XFL, get out, get your tickets. This is going to be great. We've been building and bigging up this league and haven't got any credit. I just wanted to say that. Hell, I'm still pushing for he hate me to have a role in this. You should be commentating <laughs> somewhere or yeah. something, somehow. He needs to be a presence because, in my opinion, out of everything that happened out of OG XFL, he is the only thing that if you say that that name, people instant XFL. Mm -hmm. So he's almost the unofficial de facto um, brand ambassador for the XFL. So I think it would be right to have him a part of it. And, it's, and the way they're curating it, it's looking like it's actually going to be better than their competition that no longer exists. Mm. And <laughs> speaking of world and series together in D.C., it's been since 1933 when the Washington Senators won the World Series or won the, the, the pennant here in D.C. The last time a baseball team that played in D.C. won a championship 1948, the Washington Grays, formerly known as the Homestead Grays of the Negro National Leagues, won it in 48. And that was their 10th title in 12 years. Yeah, it's been a while. But in between it's that, we had O-R-I-O-L-E-S putting in work from time to time. Shout out to the, to the, to the OG Orioles, Cal Ripken, <laughs> Billy Ripken, <laughs> Brady Anderson at the leadoff position. You know, we, we can go on and on with that. You, I can't hate because that's why watching the Orioles is how I learned baseball. My godmother was a huge Orioles fan, and that's who I watched. But it, I think it, it, it kind of tugged at her a little bit that I became a Yankee fan after everything she taught me. <laughs> and that's why I don't like it. <laughs> Sorry, hey, uh, my uh, uh, New York listeners, but, you know. It's just ingrained in us when you like you come out your mother's womb in, in Baltimore. It's like, oh, push, push. And it's like, eh, eh, hate the Yankees. Eh, 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 eh. Hate the Browns. Eh. I mean, oh, poop on Pittsburgh. That, that's just what comes out. Like, you, you know, it just, you're just born that way. You can't help it. Got to keep hope alive. You see pinstripes, you're ready to fight. Well, I, I, I can agree with that. I, I understand the feeling because I'm that way with the Boston Red Sox. I'm that way with, uh, you want to say locally, I'm that way with the Cowboys. I'm that way with the, the Pittsburgh Penguins in hockey because I'm a Caps fan. I hate yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, I was cool with Pittsburgh once Yamir Yager came to the Caps side of things. I was good then. Like, <laughs> we got the beast. I don't care about Pittsburgh oh. now. But before then, I hated them. You know, back in the day on uh, was that NHL '95? Man, boy, that was some serious <laughs> battles between the Caps and Pittsburgh. I will tell you. But Man. just to be fair, you know, also when you know we come out the womb, we're also looking like, what the hell is GoGo? Oh, see, here we go. <laughs> and the doctors, like, well, the nurses more so when they smack you behind, it's like it's a person, place. Or thing, 
We have no idea. But see, you know what? It's the same. You, you missed. <laughs> you missed the DC Sports Rundown. Oh and uh, I, I, last Saturday before we did our show, I did a uh, a little something, and I, I said the official song, and it should be played as soon as you cross over into the DC lines. Welcome to DC by Mambo Sauce. It should be played. It's played at every Wizards game. It should play be played everywhere. Welcome to DC. Let you know we ain't here for that 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 fake stuff. Welcome to DC. Hunt, wait, wait. Soon to be Title Town USA. Well, yeah, for one thing, I'm excited for y'all. You got one. Hopefully, knock on wood, knocking on my head. You can't really tell. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I would love for there to be a championship coming in that area because Lord, Lord, Lord knows the Orioles are not putting in that work right now. And I don't know what's going on with that. The Ravens may have a shot. I will put that out as, there. As usual. Yeah. They may get to the playoffs as usual and after that yeah so we'll be talking about somebody else and the super bowl <laughs> but i'm just saying you know now if they get no. to the super bowl i'm gonna be the biggest ravens fan ever i call my you put got, my mom on the thing but you yeah. got a cyborg and quarterback who's an absolute no. beast i know man trust me i know this this is from firsthand madden experience i'm like i'm gonna pick baltimore <laughs> Let me see what they're going to do. And as soon as that dude started ice skating like Michael Vick, I'm like, oh, snap. It's all in popping now. Yeah, they looked at me and they're like, are you going to run the entire time? Or are you going to let me get 10 yards every time I say hike? Because he's gone. I don't know what y'all talking about. You trying to do all these elaborate setups and, you know, you're adjusting the line and, and doing all this, getting ready to click on. Okay. My quarterback just dropped back five yards, ran around, Passed all of your guys, and you didn't get me for another 10 yards. So I basically ran 15 yards on you. Sometimes it's like I'm doing my own reverse. I'm going to go right and then double back left and still make 10 yards. I'm like, I haven't done this since, what was that, Madden uh, 2004, 2005? Uh, I think it was 2004 when they changed the commentary. Um, but that, right around that time period was the last time we had you know, proper Mike Vick, and Lord knows, man, that's all I would do. Give me a play action, everybody knew. Play action, oh, he's running with Vick. Like, you're going to stop him? It's not happening. Yeah, if there's a hole, I've gone through it, and I've gotten the least, you know, we're just moving the chains. There's another 10 yards. I don't know what to tell you. Throw the ball. For what? Now, Vick, he takes the hit. He's fumbling. Yeah. Not in Baltimore now. My boy is taking some shots. And Lord knows, when I say shots, I mean, they're trying to kill him on the field in Madden. And he holds on to the ball. I'm like, it's a glorious thing. Now, if he can stay healthy and not get injured, knock on wood again. Actually, I got you now. I may be talking about Baltimore winning the Super Bowl for the first time. And I don't know, what was that time that uh, allegedly um, Ray Lewis stabbed somebody? How long ago was that? Allegedly. No, no, I said no. allegedly. I said allegedly. But that was 2000, but you won one in 2012, too. Yeah, but, you know, when I was really on, you know, I was really on. Like, I was in uh, Anaheim when they were playing uh, that Super Bowl, uh, and they were going crazy hating on the Ravens until we won. And then they was Ravens fans because I was, man, I represented for my city back then. Speaking of representing for my city, AEW. 
November 9th. Get your damn yes. tickets. Yes. Baltimore Arena, Royal Farms Arena, whatever the hell you want to call it. One of the meccas of sports entertainment. Bringing it back full circle to the WWE and AEW conversation. So, just wanted to uh, throw that in there. So, what we kind of left off before we, in our normal selves, went into way left field was the meat and potatoes in the center of the Raw and SmackDown sandwiches. So, the most important thing that happened on Raw, which they really built on it from the beginning, was this Rusev angle. Because that is the most, pun included, titillating thing that's happening on the show. And it didn't disappoint the the backstage segment slash restaurant that they had. You know, Rusev's optimistic response. It's like they're really spinning this in a proper way to make Rusev uh, a face in addition so that way he makes sense in Crown Jewel. Because otherwise, you know, you can't have heel versus faces, but then you got heels versus one sometimes face, uh, but mostly he's a heel. And it's not going to work out for the dynamic, especially since Flair is really pulling the heel card right now. So I think Bobby Lashley is doing a great job uh, of playing a catalyst for that. I think Lana's doing a great job playing her role in that. I think also and uh, another shining thing, R-Truth losing a belt to the Singh brothers. I'm just going to call it the Singh brothers because he didn't believe that was one of them. He thought there was two or maybe that was one in a possible. I mean, that, that whole segment was, again, uh, another major uh, selling point of what happened to Monday Night Raw. And then the last big thing, in my opinion, was besides Hawk as a rider actually getting TV time, was Humberto actually being the best foreign speaker over Oscar, Rio. I'm sorry, Rio's uh, NXT, but you're better than Rio, too. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Kyrie Sane, Nakamura, Andrade. <laughs> like, he started, I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. We're going to see how this promo's going to go. I'm like, oh, snap. We can, he's actually doing pretty damn good. Okay. okay Even though little, he looked like a, dimples. Uh, a white power ranger. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, little dimples. You go ahead and do your thing. But he had a great match with um, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins did a good job matching him style for style. I thought that was good booking. So uh, I, I was happy with that. Uh, we're going to have to see what the direction is because he's one of those quote-unquote chosen ones that they're going to really put some effort behind down the road. But we're going to have to see how that's going to play out. But the last thing I'll say for Raw before I touch on a couple things on SmackDown, you can give me your impressions of both, is – Sometimes you have to call up from NXT. The NXT crowd at Full Sail gets it. And that's all I'm going to say about it. They just get it. They're in. They feel it. They know what's going on. They get it. But when they transition over to the WWE main roster, something is lost. And which I don't understand because... Most of that, that the fans that are watching the main roster are also watching NXT. But then they, that the feeling, and Finn Balor's the anomaly on this, um, in reference to entrances. But I'm saying also to say, 
they let me down crowd wise for the street profits. Because uh-huh. NXTs, man, when they go through, you have the, the the red solo cups. Everybody's jumping. They hype. They pumped. Um, Raw, they were like, wait a minute, are they coming into the crowd? Wait a minute, they're still here interacting with us in the crowd. How are we supposed to react with this? Should we be excited? Wait a minute, he is posing with this little girl. That's so cute. Look at him, he's holding a little baby and dancing and stuff. And everybody's like, what? Okay, I guess we'll jump and be pumped about the fact that they won the match. I'm like, really? The Street Profits spend, in my opinion, the most time with the crowd out of any other superstar in reference to entrances or exits or anything like that. Like, they are out there. They're not just coming down and doing, like, a 60-second walk down, like the shield, down the steps. They're out there. They may run, you know, dance this way. They come back, go up, and they come back and go over. They're out there. NXT, man, they can't move as much because the crowd is just as hyped as they are. But Raw let me down. I was not happy with that. But there is a correlation on a Wednesday opportunity that is a totally different feel to what I was just talking about. So we're going to put a pin in the Street Profits conversation and save that for the other side of the coin where we're talking about the front lines being AEW versus NXT. So on the SmackDown side, um, New Day, I mean, get, get well, Xavier Woods, on your injury, hopefully a speedy recovery, but Kofi has become an afterthought. He's done his run. Lacey Evans versus uh, Cameron Connors, the jobber. Um, okay. Now, the Firefly Funhouse was back. They killed Rambling Rabbit. I think he's, like I said before, he's a new Kenny. Then he was resurrected, so he's the Kenny Jesus. And then he got killed again. He's Kenny. But I don't know, man. The This is the first Firefly Funhouse where I was not left entertained. So I'm going to let you speak on that when uh, you cover that. And then, yeah, that, that was uh, pretty much it. I mean, Brock Lesnar did his thing. Dominic just happened to be in the back when Brock Lesnar was there, which makes no sense. It's like, you leave your kid in the back when you know Brock could be here? Well, what do you expect to happen? He's going to catch that L. And then he go get Cain Velasquez F5'd on top of him. It happens. You know, that's a bad judgment call on Rey Mysterio, who got F5'd into a wall. It happens. You just got to deal with those type of things. So Raw versus SmackDown. Before I turn it over to you to for you to give me your impressions, I have to give it a grade. Um, to be honest, I give them both a B. They were good shows. It wasn't anything that was just momentously erupting, but they were good, well-packaged shows. And for the first time in a while, Raw had a great pace. So I give them both a B. It's all on you, man. Tell me what you think between... Uh, El Raw versus El SmackDown. Well, between the two, um, <sighs> oh, of course, I said, um, Umberto looked like the White Power Ranger, um, but he he did speak very well, uh, performed pretty daggone good. 
this whole angle with Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Lana, man, I'm loving the angle, but I'm scared. It scares me to death because, as you know, if you listen to the WrestleManiacs on a regular basis, you know, we always go back and we talk about things that come back from the past. You remember a certain time when Kevin Sullivan was married to Nancy. And she, you know, they had an angle where Chris Benoit was still in his wife. And he was like, no, 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 go on the road. And, and you know, y'all stay in hotel rooms together so we can keep up the kayfabe. And then she winds up leaving him for Chris. That's what's scaring me. I'm I'm saying, you know, I, I'm not saying that Bobby's that type of you guy. Know, you know what you're saying. Once she go what? <laughs> I know, you know, don't be don't be trying to put that, man. Rusev's a good dude, man. Yeah, they yeah, make some he, good he, little he, cute videos together and all that stuff. Don't be, don't you, don't you put that on Rusev. And but the thing is, I'm part of me is scared. The other part is just like, yeah, Rusev and Lana, they got a very very strong relationship. And I think Rusev is like, okay, I think he's. Talking to Bobby now, you got we got to curate it like this, man. You got to do it like this because, as a man, you know, I think that's how they're sitting down there saying, Lana, are you comfortable with this? And they're all sitting in a room talking about this. I don't think it's just the, the writers and, and, and management saying, This is what's going to happen, this is how you're going to do it, and they're trying to force it. It seems natural, but, but one thing about Rusev is I need him to lose the porn stash and go back to either a beard. Or, the, or, or baby face, because that porn stash, man, next thing I, you know, he's going to be crying on TV about his wife leaving. It's probably the porn stash, brother. Do something about it. All right, so but, if Rusev was the, was not that interrupt, I apologize, but I, I want to put you <laughs> on the spot. If Rusev's going to do the payback, what female superstar do you think he should uh, lock lips with for the payback? I would say, geez, see, it will work. And we know way Amber better. out, so you yeah. can't do the the you know the uh, Michael Jackson black or white thing. <laughs> it will so. work better with uh, Mandy Rose. You think so? It really would. Her or Dana Brooke. Yeah, I would go Dana Brooke. Because he he got more long lines to say, you know, okay, Bobby, oh, matter of fact, both of them. Bobby, you got one blonde, but baby, I got two. Mm-hmm. So who, who's winning here? And then, you know, you kind of see Rusev just kind of close the hotel room door and it's, it's on, you know? He, he basically could tell Lana, hey, you do you, I'm going to do me, baby. Yeah. So that, that sounds good to me. So I was, I was just curious about that. I just wanted to know, because as you were talking, I was like, oh, man, I wonder who. I wonder who would get it from that porn stash. <laughs> Going to have to think about that a little deeper. I might have a list by the end of the, end of the show. No, I think, I think we, we picked the one. I think Dana Brooke actually would be a good pick. That gives her something yeah. to do. And then that puts Lana in a good opportunity for a match. Yeah. Yep. Most definitely. Uh, 
moving over to SmackDown, I love the Nikki Cross Mandy Rose match. I, I enjoyed that. Um, the the, for, the way it for, it for Mandy well. or for Nikki, <laughs> both. Because uh, I'm not even gonna lie. I know Nikki Cross got Matt skills. I know Mandy Rose has got Matt skills, but both of them showed their Matt skills. But we already knew Mandy was thick. Yeah. Damn, I didn't know Nikki Cross was that no, damn no, no. licking them. You gotta see some pictures. You gotta see some pictures. Yeah, she was uh she was genuine thick. Yeah. I didn't know she was that thick. I was looking at her in them jeans like good grief. But <laughs> and one thing about Nikki Cross. Tell me, is there any more room for me <laughs> in those jeans? <laughs> Come on. One thing you know I like it. I'm not going there with you. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm about to go dance with a broom right now. Come on, Nikki. Oh, Let's oh, go, girl. Let's go. We dance with a broom. We getting all our genuine in there. DMV, baby. DMV. Where you at, Timlin? Where you at, Timlin? I need you to go ahead and drop a beat. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you, you go ahead. About, you go ahead, man. You Nick, go ahead. <laughs> Nikki Cross is going to give Bailey a run for her damn money. And you bring Alexa with Alexa, Alexa in those jeans. <laughs> and that coffee cup. <laughs> no, nah, if you haven't seen the, the pictures of Alexa Bliss at uh, Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah, geez. I saw it. Jeez. I saw it. I was ready to uh, have conversations about her doofenshmirtz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a Phineas and Ferb reference for the kids. Yes. Phineas and Ferb reference for the kids. One of my favorite shows. But I enjoyed that. Firefly Funhouse, I agree with you on that. Did not hold my attention very well. Uh-uh. It seemed like it was rushed. Yeah, and, I think they could have waited. I was expecting something big from, you know, you burnt down my house. He gave, Randy Orton burnt down the, the farm, basically, and he was pissed. Freaking Seth Rollins burned down the daggone table. Okay, we back. What? How does that happen? Yeah. It's travesty. I was offended. It, it wasn't enough reaction. And bring and back JoJo. <laughs> I think that's going to happen soon. But No, it's not happening. It's too late. She housewife now. I can understand that. As genuine. He know what that means. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, you know you nobody's ever going to see you again, right? Okay, yeah, I just felt you should know. Your career's <laughs> over. I'm locking this down. Like, but, but, but. Oh, you're pregnant again. Oh, no, again? Yes, again. You. <laughs> she will never see the light of day until they're doing uh, the next uh, Hall of Fame red carpet. Watch. Well. I do the same damn thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's it's no build up for this match for Crown Jewel. There is no. It's like they're not even hyping after the the the, the garbage he gave <laughs> us at Hell in a Cell. It wasn't even regular garbage. It it it, it was garbage. It, it it was rubbish. That's because they don't want to over deliver the setup like they did for Hell in a Cell. Just, I mean, 
you had Paul Heyman level selling for that pay-per-view knowing that they was going to swerve the garbage. That's not right. Well, and the wild part about it, they keep showing it. They showed it at the beginning of Raw. Like it was something to be proud of. Don't show that. Don't, don't I do thought that. I was watching the wrong episode. I'm like, is this something going on? Is, why are we lead into this again? And that's not going to be the focus of the show. We don't need to be reminded that the got that going finish was horrible. I think everybody knew it because it was trending worldwide up until WWE 2K20 came out. But <laughs> that's a whole nother trending worldwide conversation we will have later. Hmm. Hmm. Raw versus SmackDown. Huh. Okay. But uh, I think you gave both shows a B. Yep. Uh, I'll give anytime. I don't know. Drew McIntyre, I feel, needs more TV time. I need to see him more every week. Yep. That's number one. But I would love to see him and 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 Jinder Mahal. Oh God, please, we need Jinder back. Beat the hell out of everybody, because I don't think nobody can stop them. And and it's just kind of like, who's gonna stop us? I would love to see them two link up and just kick everybody's ass. But Drew McIntyre needs more TV time. Mm-hmm. What he did Monday was just short of amazing but he's grown on me with the heel persona and even uh when he took the twitter he had went home when uh, they were trying to find out who was doing all this stuff to roman reigns and he made the video sitting at home i enjoyed that that was really damn good yeah um, they, they say he didn't went on the twitter blackout so i mean you're depriving me of twitter but bro you need more tv time so that 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 was that, but um, I'll give Raw a C plus B minus, mm-hmm. but I'll give SmackDown a B to a B plus because their main event was good. I just I'm not oh, the B show. Shorty G, Shorty G, he needs to he needs to get paired up with the Godfather and become a pimp. That would be it. King Corbin versus the Pimp. Mm-hmm. That would be some. That that's the match I would want to see. King Corbin versus the Pimp. Mm. Step aboard the Shorty Train. Oh man, they could. If if that would be like Kurt Angle level hilarity, if they would go there, hint hint, and you know do something on that level. You could, you know, man, he could make fun of himself in so many different ways and have fun and branch out his character without trying to push the I'm embracing myself, I'm embracing myself. Like, we got that, man. You're short. But, you know, I digress. Let's get to the real fight, the real front lines, the battle of the, the separate owned three letters, NXT versus AEW. Both shows had a big start. We had, on the AEW side, they're still driving a tag team tournament to to crown the first ever tag champs. So we had Private Party versus the Lucha Bros. And it pains me in my heart because holding it down in the beginning, 
was Rhea Ripley for NXT versus my boo Bianca Belair. <sighs> That's a battle that AEW won in reference to booking. Now, as much as you know, Rhea Ripley, phenomenal athlete, both of them, and Bianca. I mean, they they they, they left it all in a ring, but by God, to steal a line from Jim Ross. All I had to call that 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 first match from AEW was hot fire. It was Dylon, hand over fist. Dylon, 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 Dylon. I mean, it was rhyming when they spit. They spit when they rhyme. Zero Mero, Dylon, private Dylon. I mean, it was. If that was, that could have been the main event. And private party, man, they are on my holy shit radar. And the Lucha Bros. I don't even like if they were go up against the Young Bucks, seeing them, which who they had a, a match later on, the Young Bucks, uh, seeing them in action versus what the Lucha Bros did. Yeah, Lucha Bros going to have to become champions. I'm sorry, they're going to have to take that. They can take that division. They can lead that division. They can drive that division for AEW and, and really dominate what on that WWE side has been the most consistent championship staple being the tag champions because, you know, the Universals and the Worlds and ICs and the U.S. Championship, they've gone up and down, different people. But tag teams is something that's always been like a staple that they were able to curate and have great matches, even if they put people together, like a Cesaro and a Sheamus or the New Day and other situations like that. Even the Kabuki Warriors, you know, just tags is something that WWE has done right for a long time. But my goodness, yeah, AEW pulled it out. So then we had... Uh, Matt Riddle versus uh, uh, Cameron Gaines for the second match. AEW continued the drive, um, and then we uh, for the the tag championships uh, in the tournament, and it went SCU versus Dark Order, which uh, I don't know. They were a little special. Uh, they have to work on that a little bit for the entrance, and I didn't get a feel from them uh, being Dark Order. SCU was SCU. They did their thing, so that was good. It was good to see Brizango. I was like, man, I miss Tyler Breeze and Fandango. But Brizango did their thing, and they went up against the Forgotten Sons, who I, I think is a great alternative to the OG TNA Aces and Eights. Um, great, great little micro stable there that when uh, Undisputed Era all gets called up, Forgotten Sons can fill that void. Um, and then uh, Brizango also had. Isaiah Swerve Scott, who's a rising star that, man, he's got a rocket on his back and he's ready to explode. But the problem is they were going up against, I can't, sorry, it's a kid's show, so I can't say it. You saw it about to come out. You saw it about to come out. So they were going up against Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. By God, number two. Dylon number three in Japanese, like dee, 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 Dylon, dee, 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 Dylon. <laughs> That's my Japanese anime um, impersonation. It was horrible, but I just wanted you to get that considering that you know Kenny Omega. Uh, watched a video of him wrestling uh, back in his younger days, an eight-year-old girl who was pretty mm-hmm. much wrestling her entire life, and <laughs> just to watch the expressions on Kenny Omega, you would have thought that was a Japanese guy the way he was wrestling because he had the mannerisms down the, the point direction that he was their superstar, but yet he's our superstar. 
if that makes any sense. So the ability to be able to cross that seamlessly, that's a hard thing to do to where you are wrestling a style completely that is immersion into that culture. And Kenny Omega was doing that then. And, you know, it was a great match between him and that little girl. I was like entertained. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. I didn't even care about the hot. I mean, it, it made sense the way they were wrestling. But, yeah. Uh, sorry. Breezango, Forgotten Sons. Yeah, I forgot you because Kenny Omega and Joey Janela was putting in that work. Then we get to the Jewel of the Nile. So I mentioned Private Party versus the Lucha Bros was happening. Then we had SCU versus Dark Order. But the icing on the cake of that SCU versus Dark Order was that the Inner Circle came out and they walked up. Chris Jericho had tickets and they went to that press box. So they were there the entire time. And from that moment on, the crowd was hot. Now, remember I told you earlier that we were going to put a pin on Raw with the Street Profits. Because here's the difference. Street Profits curated NXT. And somebody else uh, was uh, asking questions. A new kid, I don't know too much about him, but he's a, a friend of mine's boyfriend. And he's like, do you really think that Chris Jericho should have been the one to carry the title? and be the, the, the standard bearer and the flagship and the icon for AEW. Yes. Street Profits come out of NXT, explosion. Everybody's in it. The music's hitting. They're feeling it. Boom. Raw. Dun, 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 dun. They're like, what the hell is this? So, yeah, it was wasted. And the camera, if, when the camera was on them, the Street Profits... Uh, from a, a, a first-person perspective or a third-person perspective, however you want to call it, when they're looking straight on them, um, it looks like it's, it's a great picture. But when they did the pullout, it's like, yeah, you got about six people around you that's jumping. Everybody else is like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So it gets lost. Chris Jericho walks out, walks up the daggone uh, uh, stairs. The entire arena is erupting for the entire... SCU versus uh, Dark Order was like, what are they wrestling for? Because the whole entire show is about people zooming on their phones, chanting Y2J, chanting Inner Circle. The only thing that pulled them back was Kitty Omega versus Joey Janela was so hot that you forgot Jericho was up there for a minute because the spots they did were, were, were just ridiculous. I mean, those guys battled the entire time. And then after that, then we got the payoff for the fact that Jericho was there, which was happening during Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox versus Marina and uh, Jessamine uh, for number one contenders women tag match. So they were doing that, but Cody was trying to do an interview and here's Chris Jericho and inner circle with their air horns, which led to uh, Dustin coming out that led to MJF coming out. Cody was, was going to go up there and then out of nowhere, the yoga man, self-high-five, DDP comes out. And it's interesting because I think DDP is the first universal cross-branded open floater. I don't think the WWE is going to be looking at DDP being over there as, oh, he broke, you know, a rule. Because everybody's using DDP yoga. You were like, hey, man, uh, you know, we need to stretch somebody out. We have some issues. Oh, don't call DDP. He showed up on Dynamite. Man, they going to call DDP so fast. <laughs> DDP going to be at the Hall of Fame. Watch. Like, 
it's like Kevin Astor showing up with Triple H going to be like, nah, you know, Cash, Nash was just there just to punch him in the face. But no, nah, you can come back over Nash. Yeah, you know, NWO for life. Yeah, that's that's where DDP is. So they go out you know, there and they, what's that? We talk about crowds and we talk about pops. The pop of the week is when you heard, it's me, it's me, DDP. That was the pop of the week. Yeah, it's one of them. No, no, no. I didn't. I watched. Now, nah, granted, I don't know who did it. Once we done recording and we done with our, with our show, I'll, I'll I'll go around and I'll find out who 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 erased my dag on NXT. But I watched every show minus NXT, and that had to be the pop of the week. Nobody. It's like it was. I don't know, man. And everybody. I mean, that was it. Was it was an eruption, but. Oh, let, let me finish because I'm gonna get there. Okay, but I, okay. I understand what you're saying, but there was so much sandwiched in, it was like, God damn it! <laughs> 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 so they all go up and they're battling. I thought we was gonna get into the bathroom. If they went to the bathroom, I'd have went out there and just lost my mind. I would have probably driven to Philly just so that way I could have just been like, nobody's here anymore. But I came up because that's how exciting it was when they started fighting. And it wasn't WWE style where everything was already partitioned off. They had ample security and everything else. I mean, people were close to Chris Jericho, close to DDP, in reference to fans that came up from the back. You were almost a part of it, in essence, for you know how much they could control for that segment. But being up there in the mezzanine, they were just going crazy, battling, and Chris Jericho saying, I got tickets. And then they did the extra mile dig. They did the picture and commercial uh, segment. So the entire commercial break, you're seeing the inner circle led by Chris Jericho still interacting, still promo. You can't even hear what they're saying, but they're still showing it before they transitioned to the best friends uh, with the feature from Orange Cassidy versus the super kicking Young Bucks. Another great tag team match. Now, during that point, we were going into the uh, couple commercial break transition of NXT's TakeOver match of the night. Because they gave us a TakeOver match with uh, Dominic Dijakovic versus Keith Lee, who is still, in my opinion, he's got, once he gets there, man, he taps into it 100%. That is our, our future Dwayne Johnson. He could be the next Rock when he gets to the main roster. He's got that potential. You know, seven years is already, you know, some blood, sweat, and tears gritting that he had getting to the point of just being a uh, main eventer last night. But he, he seven more years from now, we'll be talking about him in, in extreme high regard, I hope. Uh, and then those two were also facing Roderick Strong of the Undisputed Era for the North American Championship and a, a triple threat. So that lasted a couple commercial breaks. So in those com- couple commercial breaks, uh, like I said, you had the best uh, friends in Orange Cassidy versus the Young Bucks. Uh, Britt Baker had her huge pop and return home as a hometown gal. So the crowd was losing their mind. And they had that Steelers, you know, mascot. But I don't like Steelers. So I don't care. So he was there, though. But whatever. We're not giving Pittsburgh any props on that one for, you know, other than Britt Baker. Um, and she uh, faced a uh, very British, Jamie Hayden. And then they finished with uh, Moxley versus Pac, uh, which was uh, an incredible match. And that was one of their 
uh, they ended with Moxley being pissed of a TV time draw. So all that was happening in the midst of the, the, the barn burner that was Dijakovic, Lee, and Strong. That made NXT a strong contender. That was the NXT match that we should have every week all throughout the show. Now, AEW had that the entire show in reference to Dynamic. I mean, the booking there and, and what they had and how it flowed. Somebody else that I was talking to at work was like, oh, no, a lot of people didn't like how Jim Ross was, you know, the, how he's doing and things. Like, it's not Jim Ross's fault. It's them getting used to the program. He's used to the WWE timing. Somebody goes over the rope at a certain point. You know you're going to hear Michael Cole say, and we'll be right back when his match continues. You know that's your commercial break spot. Mm-hmm. Jim Ross knows when that commercial break spots because he sees a spot. He's like, all right, we're going to be getting ready to we'll, we'll come back on a commercial break. So he's got to fill in for a second until they at the truck understand, hey, man, this is when we should be going to commercial break. Let, let's plan this accordingly to lock this stuff down. Now they've got it a little bit better flow. You can see it flowing a lot more and, and, and it's smoother and it paid dividends last week. Even Bully Ray said, if you have a complaint with what you saw on NXT and AEW, if you were complaining about the performance you saw on either one of those sides, you are the problem with the whole situation in the wrestling world because there's something wrong with you. And the only reason why I am giving NXT a B minus and not an A is just because in that middle part, they just didn't have enough. Um, but they did end strong with the Finn Balor heel turn. That was unexpected because I was expecting War Games to have Balor on a ticket with Ciampa and Velveteen Dream. Uh, you could throw in Johnny Gargano now against Undisputed Era. That was the War Games I was expecting, but that threw me for a swerve. So you got me on that one. But then AEW was got that going super heavyweight A plus. That was that was so to your point, I know you were saying that that was a huge pop, but the entire show was erupting large. It was kind of hard to find a moment where it wasn't erupting. And the moment that it would have been was doing the SCU versus um the Dark Order. But because you had Chris Jericho there, the crowd forgot about it. So, AEW, in my opinion, beat NXT. I had Raw and SmackDown even. You had SmackDown over. But if we are going to get more out of what we saw this week, then it is going to become increasingly hard for Raw and SmackDown to pay dividends. Because it's one thing that, okay, we're going up against our own company's stuff with NXT. All right, cool. You know, we can kind of justify that because, hey, it's still on USA. So USA is still winning out. But AEW is putting in that work. So if Raw and SmackDown is not matching that, they got some works to do. They got some splainings to do uh, to that events And the higher-ups at uh, Fox and USA to say, how is TNT crushing us again and they haven't had wrestling in a long ass time something has gotta really drive it something has gotta be there and you know lord knows unfortunately it's too late i think the draft should have been across all three brands balor going down is smart but at the same time it should have been a whole entire shakeup 
You could have moved the Undisputed Era as one Undisputed. You could have put the North American Championship on SmackDown and put the IC title on NXT or, or vice versa or different things. Like you could have really made some things happen, but we don't have that. So what do we, what do we go from there, in my opinion? I think the next evolution is going to have to be pay-per-views are going to have to be cross-branded brawls instead of it just being a Raw match, SmackDown match, Raw match, SmackDown match. It's going to have to be some NXT infused in there as well. So that way you have TakeOver, but then you also have that NXT impression on the pay-per-view. And not in the pre-show, we're getting, you know, Dajakovic versus Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong um, on uh, Survivor Series. Something like that. Just to try to, to keep that, you got to take uh, AEW off its off its rocker a little bit, make them play defensive. Because right now they're just playing, you know, solid ball. That's all they're doing. The fundamentals is all they're doing, just solid ball. They haven't kicked it up anything uber crazy yet. They're doing what's expected. What people are that of this day and age, they're expecting a high flying. They're expecting the tables, the ladders, the chairs, the the kendos. I mean, that's expected. That you know, you're in Philly, you expect a table. It's easy, ECW's home. You expect a chair shot. <laughs> you expect this. You expect that. So to not give it would be a fan disservice. But they they're doing what is expected based off of this generation, in my opinion. So if they were to take that and just crank that dial just a little bit. And TNT gives an ability to go a little bit further because we're not PG kids. <laughs> we're uh, we can push that envelope. We don't have to wait for the rock or stone cold Steve Austin or the undertaker to say something racy. Uh, no, we can do whatever the hell we want kids. Um, when AEW kicks that, that, that notch up a little bit. And when is that going to be spoiler? WrestleMania week. They're, oh, they're going to, I guarantee you, with whatever they're planning, whatever they're going to do, it's not going to be a pay-per-view, but their show for WrestleMania week is going to dominate. Wow. Well, okay, as I said before, didn't get a chance to watch. I got the highlights, but I didn't get a chance to fully watch NXT. Watch AEW. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I took some notes. Uh, one thing that made it over to, uh, if anybody is not following WrestleBotch on Instagram and Twitter, I don't know what you are doing with your social media. That's a page that you must follow because you'll see a botch and you'll be like, I don't know if that's a botch. Two, three hours later, it's on there as a botch. And you got Nia Jax liking it. You got Stone Cold Steve Austin liking it. And even the older ones that he shows from the, the the early 90s. Stone Cold will break them down about the wrestler in the comments. Hey, this wrestler used to do this move on a regular basis, but he messed it up here. And you'll get a little bit of education from Stone Cold. So that's a, a shout-out to WrestleBotch on IG and Twitter. But um, John Moxley rolling down the ramp was hilarious to me. Uh, the whole Jericho... And, and Cody thing, and Cody saying to Jericho, you know, I can just get out of the ring and come over the wall. This is not like that other company we came from. There's no invisible wall here. Mm-hmm. 
And all I could say was, oh, <laughs> I was like a little kid hyping a fight right then and there. I was like, come on, Cody. Don't BS, man. Go up them steps, Cody. Go up them steps. And then he stopped. I said, who's coming? Dustin came out. Okay. MGF came out. DDP, I'm still going to say biggest pop of the, uh, of the week. And they went up and they proceeded to handle business. When Cody wrapped it, when uh, MJF wrapped a Burberry scarf around Cody's hand, I said, he's going to punch that glass. Oh, my God, I hope they paid a deposit. And he punched it and they went on. They just did their thing. I didn't like the picture and picture of the boxes. I didn't like it because it was going and it was still going. Don't tease me by letting me see it, but not let me hear classic things that <laughs> Jericho was saying. But, but you know, cheap. you know what he you you could hear it in your brain. Of course, but let me tell you something. When Chris Jericho speaks and he's calling on somebody junior. He said one of my favorite lines, only two things you do about it, nothing like it. I mean, these things, I need to hear those things. But I I, I got to drop the grade to an A- minus because of that picture in picture. It's cool when you got in-ring action going on. I can pretty much decipher what's going on. But that was basic backstage action. It was mud holes being stomped and I, and camera work. That's what another reason why I got to drop the, uh, the 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 grade because the camera work. It, it was they were too focused on Cody and Jericho. You wasn't seeing everything else that was going on in the background. People were getting hit with trash cans, crutches, canes. It was a lot going on. Chris Jericho got his head put in dipping dots. <laughs> That's learning. I left that part for you. I know you would enjoy that. Oh, I'm man. not gonna lie to you. As much as you know, I'm not a, a Pittsburgh fan, but that did look like the MCI Arena. It did. But I was having flashbacks, like, what the hell? Am I on a division? Did they just steal this? <laughs> Shout out that, to the division title up day six live now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Message. I need to know that. I was I was gonna ask you when that came out, but um, I, I just I gotta drop it down. I, I got I need them to get better cameramen because uh, you focusing on the main two, but I need you to focus on what's going on in the background, not just what's in the forefront. Because they were still battling while security had Cody on one side. They had Chris Jericho on the other side. Everybody else is still battling. Security's like, forget about them. And that's where I would rather the focus have been. You should have gave me a camera angle with that. So I could have seen that clear trash can shot. So I'm going to have to drop uh, AEW down to an A-. minus Because uh, of those things. That's I still mean, competitive. Yeah. It was good. No, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. It it was great. Um, I think they won the week, to be honest. So it is. It's uh, unanimous for again for the first month. 
fourth week, first month. AEW is a, uh, I know WWE tweeted it's a marathon and uh, not a sprint. But you have to have marathon and like this towards WrestleMania. That's what you call momentum, kids. Momentum gets you a win every single time. Period. But guess what? You know what I see? And I, I may be tripping. And I know a lot of people listening are probably like, here we go again. Here goes these big wild dreams. You got champagne. There you go. There you but go. Talking that garbage. Yeah, exactly. I know they're getting ready to say it. But think about this. Picture it. Sicily, 1942. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> now I just showed my age. But, um, yeah, you did. Think about this. You old, man. God dang, you old. And if, if for you youngs that didn't get the reference, it's Sophia Petrillo from uh, Golden Girls. Come on. You got mm-hmm. to watch the show. But, but, um, think about this. And this is just me sitting here thinking, my brain working. Uh, WWE takes digs at AEW, AEW takes digs at WWE. You have WrestleMania coming up. No preparation, no nothing. Nobody knows anything about it. AEW invades WrestleMania. Mm. And Mm. they challenge the whole entire roster. And it's sanctioned. You got a a, a face-off between Vince and Cody. Oh, let me rephrase that. You got a face-off between Trips. No, no, no. Yeah, okay, give me Triple H and Cody. But the McMahons, the McMahon, the true McMahons, the blood McMahons, and the cons, who mm. are the backers behind Cody. So but you have Trips and Cody in the forefront. And that competitive nature goes, but it's not a we coming to take over. It's WWE saying, come on, let me pull you up to my level. Because if I get you up to my level fully, it's going to push me to the next level because I got to compete with you. Something that's never been done before. And we've been saying it for months right here on the Sideline Junkie Saturday Night WrestleManiacs podcast. It's all about money. Everybody can eat at this table because you are the table. You've created the table. But if you do this, tell me why this doesn't expand both brands to the point you can expand so far. You can absorb impact. You can absorb Ring of Honor. You can absorb New Japan. And it's just those two. You can even start absorbing some of the territorial wrestlers. But it's such a move where it's pushing AEW to the forefront and WWE saying, no, if we're going to run this race, we're going to make it fair because we all can make money off of this. And it sounds funny. It it sounds far-fetched. But if I got a million dollars, and I know by making this move, I can make you a million dollars, but also make myself another million. Yeah, I'll take my two million and make sure you get your million. But if it sets you up in the long run to make more millions and it sets me up in the long run to make more millions that turn into billions also, let's get it done. You have months to curate it and do it right. 
put that work in. Get it done right. Don't let it be hell in the cell. Don't let it be crown jewel 2018. I'd rather it be evolution 2018. Mm. Hey, that was it was a good pay-per-view. I think that was the best pay-per-view of the year. So I'll say that. But let it be uh, 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 WrestleMania 3. Because it's been put together so well. Put the work in. Work together. Get this money. Don't do it just for yourselves. Do it for the wrestling community. Do it for us fans. That's what you do this for. That's what you perform for. That's what you train for. Of course you're trying to make a living and things like that. You don't love. But you put on those shows for the wrestling community. And I'm sure I'm not by myself feeling like this. Do it together. Separate. And then you can basically, you're doing what you did with ECW. One night only. All, all the ECW stars back. And they beat the hell out of each other. Get a check. Everybody loves it. They go on about their business. You pretty much probably don't mention it again until it comes around again next year. Or close to What's wrong? And it, t- tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I, I wouldn't mind you saying, KG, you're wrong. Just cut it out. It's far-fetched. Tell me if I'm wrong. Man, you're over here talking all this crazy talk. Don't mind. I'm sorry. Just best with you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you, man. I agree. I just, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I sit around. Knowledge right there. Just knowledge, you out there putting in work. Yeah, but that's all you have to do because one of the things that AEW is lacking because they've only been around on regular TV three, four weeks. They've been in existence since the beginning of the year, and they've done a couple pay per views, but they don't have the writing to do storylines to keep you tuning in every week. You're, you're tuning in basically to see good wrestling. You don't have a storyline that's, that's hooking you in to, to make you want to tune in. Mm-hmm. And I think pretty soon it's going to branch off into uh, AEW having another show. But I hope it's not on Saturday night because that's our time slot. And if you want to go head to head with the WrestleManiacs, uh, you in for all day fights to so bring your bag lunch. Um. But it's going to branch off eventually because their roster is going to grow. And I don't think they're going to bring a lot of uh, older stars over. I think it's going to be the new up-and-coming ones. And WWE got to do the same thing. You got new and upcoming stars, so you got to make the roster fresh too. But you can also work with AEW. Get them a little boost. Make yourself a little money. Make the wrestling community very, very happy while making yourselves very, very rich. Cody, Vince, Paul, Stephanie, Shane, the cons, everybody. You can do this. This is possible. This is not far-fetched. This is possible. Okay. I'm down off my soapbox. 
Well, sounds like we need to take a break off of that one. Whew. That's all, right. all you can do. <laughs> Got to take that break on that one. You put in some, some testifying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I, I feel that I haven't been bringing it as, 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 as hard as I should be on Saturdays for various reasons. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to pull my weight here with these ideas and um, I got time to think. <laughs> Let's just say that. I hear that. Well, hey, you did it. We'll go to go on a break. And when we come back in typical us fashion, crown jewel picks. Stay tuned. Don't go nowhere. Whew. And just like that, we went back. Yeah, to, you're still spitting hot fire, even during the break. Had to calm myself down there. Well, well, let's go ahead and keep you riled up. I'm scared to go up against you and even talk anything right now, considering that now it's time to get into a picking segment. I know we are not at the official go-home week, but since SmackDown is going to be part of um, what's going to happen pre-Crown uh, Jewel, we'll go ahead and make our picks now. So that way, you know, we'll see what happens. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six matches, and one of them is just going to be uh, well, two of them are just going to be, oh, okay, they happen type of thing, because we really can't judge it, and I'll explain why in a second. So we'll go in order of what uh, the way I believe it's going to happen, Captain. So this will be an easy one. We'll pick the same one. So technically it's going to come down to a winner-take-all. You got Mansoor, which is a, a crowd favorite, a hometown hero, versus Cesaro. That was just added. So, yeah, um, for Cesaro to beat him, that wouldn't be cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm going <laughs> not with you in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, uh, you're gonna have to let this dude win. So I'm going with Mansar by default. I'm smart enough to know. Yes, sir. I agree. So that's that. Now we get to the picks. Tag team turmoil. New day being Kofi and Big E because we know Xavier's out for six months, versus the Viking Raiders, versus Heavy Machinery, versus two members of the Lucha House Party, versus Ryder and Hawkins, versus the Revival, versus the OC, versus Ziggler and Rude, versus the B-Team, B-Team. Oi, oi, oi! So the way it's going to work to start, and then once one uh, member of the uh, tag team member is pinned, then that tag team is out, next one comes down, next one comes down, next one comes down, until you have one tag team remaining. So it's on you. Um, is it going to be the New Day, Viking Raiders, Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, Ryder and Hawkins, Revival, OC, Ziggler and Rude, or B-Team? Who is going to win that tag team turmoil, in your opinion? Oh, man. Only one that I can think of that really stands out to me is either the OC, Heavy Machinery, 
You going heavy machinery? Those are the two oh. that, that, that that stand out to me that could win. And I, I but you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and put it. I'm put. I'm lock it in. Lock it up. Heavy machinery. All right. I feel you where you were going with that, but I'm gonna take it a different way. I'm going with the crowd favorite and the consolation prize for Kofi. I'm going New Day. Because I think Kofi Mania over there is going to be still running hot, wild, and crazy. So I'm going with the New Day. Now, I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Now, the two matches that I said are pretty much unjudgeable is there is going to be a 20-man battle royal, but they haven't named all the participants in the battle royal. And the winner of that battle royal is going to face the United States champion AJ Styles for said belt. So those are two matches that you can't judge because we don't know who's in it to be able to pick. And that, that, that throws all that stuff out. So those are just two enjoyment matches. Now going into the picks again, team Hogan versus team flair team Hogan being ricochet, Rusev, Ali, shorty G. And the captain, Roman Reigns, versus Drew McIntyre, Shinsuke Nakamura, King Corban, getting his freak on, Bobby Lashley, Sexual Chocolate 2.0, and their team captain, RKO. Now, as much as I would like um, for them to win and I really would like that to happen I'm going to have to go ahead and still give it to the over there crowd favorite because he's extra over and I'm going with Team Hogan Mm. well I guess we got our first dispute of the night I am going Uh Team Blair okay speaking of which I, I I said I had to call you and tell you this because, like, my wife was like, what in the world did you eat before you went to bed? Thursday night, I went to bed early. I had a dream that at my 8 to 5, which is an 8 to 6 now, right now, I am a receiving manager, okay? I I, I bring in trucks, I unload trucks till 3 o'clock every day. Um, I I had a dream that Ric Flair was one of my truck drivers, and he had a <laughs> he had a all black semi, a black trailer that was fifty three feet long that said styling and profiling on it, and he came in. And I dang on it pooped my pants because it was Ric Flair. And I couldn't unload them because I was so geeked that it was Ric Flair. And I said, no, 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 no. You got to do it the right way. So I took the phone off the hook, dialed the overhead paging, and played his theme music as he walked through the door. And in true Ric Flair fashion, he did not disappoint. In said dream, I picked up the phone to call my 
tag team partner, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez. And just to tell him, you'll never guess who I'm standing next to. I changed it to video and showed you that I was standing next to Ric Flair. I said, I finally, I think I got one up on you. Because I'm standing next to Ric Flair. That dream seemed like it lasted maybe eight hours. But it Man. probably was on 30 seconds. Your Wait. wife must have put it on you that night that we have <laughs> dreams like that. God dang, that, that's some almighty dreams right there. That's out-of-body, out-of-world experience dreams. I would lose my mind to be able to speak to Rick Flair, let alone you've never met Rick in the same room. No, but I would I I, I wouldn't be able to. I don't think not even the OG WCW days where you know I've met him several times uh, doing the signings. Mm -mm. Oh man, even Bobby Heenan was there. so some of them it was him and Larry Zabisco, and then some of the other ones it was him and Bobby Heenan. Which Bobby Heenan was just running the crowd. Oh my God, that was amazing! People would come up, and he would just start talking trash to people. They would get pissed off, and the crowd would be going. They would just be hot, man. Heenan would just tear it up. And then when Larry Zabisco walk out, you know everybody's just chanting Larry for hours while you're waiting in line to get your opportunity to get your autograph after you bought your tickets. Those are the good old days, man. Man, I don't think I, I couldn't be in the same room with Ric Flair. I, I it'll be it would be the equivalent, and a lot of people say, "Well, how can you put the two, two the same way?" Because they mean a lot to me. It, it'd be the same as meeting Barack Obama as it is meeting Ric Flair. One's my adult hero; the other one's my childhood hero. Yeah. So, and. No matter how you feel about Barack Obama, to go the route that he went, become president of the United States, is still revered the way he is, even though he's been out of office almost three years now. So, but I digress. We're not going to get into politics. And that that'll definitely be a nice little find for me. So I'm not going to get into it. Um, but I couldn't be in the same room with Rick Flair. I, I probably as a grown man right now, 38 years old, I'd probably break down from crying because I'm like, the first thing I was say to him, dude, I watched you wrestle Sting nearly on a nightly basis. I put my cousins in figure fours. I've been put in the figure four. That thumb to the eye that you do when you get on your knees and you're begging in the corner, thumb to the eye. I taught my kids as babies to do that. Like, I, they were one and two when I was teaching them how to do that. I taught them how to t- take the thumb to the eye, how to sell uh, uh, hits to, in, in, in the corner. And, you know, you flip out of the ring, you walk around halfway to the ring, then you fall. I taught my kids this. I couldn't be in the same ring, room with them. I, wouldn't, I would lose my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Hey, I man. would... I understand. I've been there. Been there, been there. For me, it'd probably be Hogan. That's the only, I would mark out for Hogan. I almost had the opportunity to, but I was just uh, a little too late, and I missed mm. him. But, yeah. You, you I, know, I, would, I, would, I would mark out for Hogan. At 
one of my old jobs, I used to pull cases and the 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 the, the goat goal, you know, to be the greatest was to pull a thousand cases in a night, but to do it on multiple nights in one week. And I had a deal with my manager. He's a big wrestling fan. He said, you do a thousand cases on a Monday. No, it was a thousand cases on a Sunday. I got the Ric Flair rope. If I did a thousand cases the following night on Monday, I'd get the big gold belt. He didn't mean a plastic. He meant a deluxe out of the back of the magazine, $320. Night one, I came in. I pulled 1,500 cases in 15 hours. I was dead to the world when I finished. He said, you got it in you to do it again. I said, yeah, I do. I came up short three cases. I pulled 997 the next night. Oh, no. I said, oh, my God. And the deal was I had to do it both nights back to back. And that but you got the rope, though, right? Couldn't, it had to get both nights. Oh, my gosh. And couldn't get it. He he was pulling for me. He was doing everything he could to get me those last three cases. But by the time I got ready to get that last one, my loader, who was in charge of my numbers, gave my last board away to somebody, which would have put me over a thousand. He gave it away to somebody else that had already finished the truck. I just about died. So. That's how deep, if there was any question, that's how deep wrestling runs for me in my personal life. I think I'm, I've, I've, I've rock bottomed my balls twice, actually. Yeah. I've uh, taken a stunner from my balls. Thank you, that people's choice. Mm-hmm. Um. It it doesn't get much better than that when you can actually incorporate Don't the that. ladders, the chairs, and all that other stuff too. I mean, let's let's not leave that stuff out. Oh well, no, 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 can't leave none of that out. I mean, if you've ever been to Based ESPN the hockey, zone, if you... hockey ring, uh, yeah, that, that was a good one too. <laughs> Bow! Climbing off the wall, well, climbing up the wall and jumping off of that onto somebody—unbelievable experience. Satisfaction guaranteed. The things we did when we close. <laughs> yep. Oh man. But oh. Right, let's get back off. to these picks because yeah, you, you see you you and you in fantasy dreamland and your wife's over there like, yeah, I gave it to him like that. So <laughs> team flair is all you. All right, so this is where we get into the uh, category. So you got the first pick. And the reason why it's uh, is how is these really going to work? And by these, I mean your first pick, Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Hmm. Exactly. It's like, are we wrestling here? Because he's a boxer. Yeah, exactly. He's living a world heavyweight champion. So, um, yeah, uh, does he take a bumps for real? Or are we boxing? Then he's like a world heavyweight champion. 
Braun Strowman get knocked out. What are we doing? But it's your pick. I'll let you go. Are you going with Braun? <sighs> no. And this is the battle of get these hands. So give me Tyson Fury. Give me the heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury, who I can't wait to see uh, get his rematch against my man Deontay Wilder because they put on the show the first time. I know they're going to put on the show the second time. Yeah, and you know what? I know you're going to hate it, but I have to join you. only reason why is because of that match. In, in traditional WWE terms, that'd be he already has creative set up is what you would be thinking about, which is uh, why Sting didn't face The Undertaker uh, or why Sting didn't beat Triple H at his match at WrestleMania is because Triple H technically had creative going with The Rock the year after, so which never happened. So we could have had a different outcome in that match. But Tyson has a match, a high-profile match, and that is losing against Braun Strowman is not really something that you want your opponent to be able to top. Like, not only am I training and you over there wrestling, but did you lose to the wrestler? You know? <laughs> yeah. So I agree with that. Tyson Fury has to win. But then, now I have to pick the other side of the coin. The new story or chapter to be written from a UFC fight back in October 2010, nine years ago, I have to choose between Brock Lesnar versus a wrestling Kane Velasquez. And I say wrestling because Kane Velasquez can wrestle in reference to sports entertainment style or Lucha Libre style wrestling. So the possibility that Kane Velasquez could become champion is there. But then again, Cain Velasquez signed a contract with the WWE for multi-years. Tyson is promoting a fight that has nothing to do with the WWE. So who is going to walk out with the belt? And I have to go with my gut and keep it with the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. Hmm. Because I, I think... It, I think Ray Mysterio versus Brock. Maybe something that's going to happen. Mm. I, the way uh, Kane beat the hell out of uh, Shelton Benjamin, which was pretty daggone cool, though. Mm. He, he was pulling his punches, but he got to get a little more going there. But the way he took... And Shelton Benjamin... Gee, me, Christmas. Did that dude get bigger? Like, is that, is that where he's been hiding at in the gym? He, no, to be honest, he's basically the same size. That is Shelton's built that he's had for, man, at least the last five to six years. Since he re-signed back with w, uh, WWE. Now, when he was part of the greatest tag team, yeah, he was a little, he was a little smaller. Shout out to Charlie Haas. But, um, yeah, he's been that swole for quite some time. It was good to see him actually, you know, really talk about what a lot of people forget, and that's his close relationship with Brock Lesnar uh, yeah. up there at the University of Minnesota. 
which a lot of people forget about. And they forget about Shelton's credentials back yeah. then. Like, he can go. They just they just got to have the right thing in the situation. Do we need to get Theo Vidal back? Does he need to have his mama back? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. You know man. what? Most When you talk about the relationship between him and Brock, most people don't remember or don't know the story that when Brock had no money, Brock lived with Shelton Benjamin and slept on his sofa. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is as close to getting to know somebody as you can get. That's why one thing people would look at Brock. I've heard people say, oh man, but you Brock races and all like, no, <laughs> you can't be. I mean, you could be, but yeah, that, that, that's not something you can pin on Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is just a universal beast. He's just going to beat people down. But for those that know Brock, uh, you know, intimately and a level of, you know, looking out for him and stuff like that, Shelton Benjamin was there for him. They ate together, you know, they, they trained together, everything, you know, so that, that that's that's when you know that they're, they're bros for real. Yeah, most definitely. That 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 that's uh, <laughs> that that's a bond that can't be broken that mm-hmm. them two are tight. Yeah, and when you stay on somebody's couch like that and you got nothing and somebody look out for you, that's something you don't forget. At all. And. You go to, uh, matter of fact, weren't him and Charlie Haas, Brock, and uh, Shelton Benjamin in OVW? They were a tag team, correct? If, I believe so. They had a little, yeah, they've had a couple of groupings together. But then it, it broke out to where, you know, Shelton and Charlie really shined as a cohesive unit, and Brock, you know, he was destined for singles glory. I mean, we got to remember that that class that year, you know, Brock Lesnar, Batista, Randy Orton, Shelton Benjamin, Charlie Haas. I mean, my God, there has never been a graduating class like that from the uh, development franchise in existence since. That's literally like taking all of NXT, the major hitters and moving them up. That That's what we got out of OVW from that class. The future of sports entertainment back then is what we got. And it was amazing. Amazing. Shout out to the Indies. Because sometimes you don't know who you have until they get the right engine and a machine and creative and, and vision. You know, shout out to Dusty Rhodes and and uh, others. Um, you know, Fit Finley and, and um, uh, 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 oh gosh. Uh, Stephen Regal and others that, that have the vision to help curate uh, a, a wrestler into a sports entertainer or a concept into uh, a, a viable, believable character. Big things, big things. So shout out to Triple H for having uh, the foresight to make that in one hub where you go there and you learn because we saw the, the, the fruits of the labor from the Street Profits we saw the fruits of that labor from Keith Lee. We saw the fruits of that labor from Bianca Belairs and, and Finn Balors and Pages and stuff like that. So big stuff. But with all that said, that meant you still have time. Well, I've had plenty of time to decide because I gave you extra time. I think you slick. I did that intentionally, ladies and gentlemen. So you have now no choice, man of the hour, to pick Brock Lesnar or Cain Velasquez? 
it would look very, very bad in Kane's debut match, basically, to get a universal title. So I'm going to have to go, Brock. You, you know, this is the beast incarnate. And this you've already derailed one train with the Fiend. You can't derail this train, too. So give me Brock. So that just leaves one more of the night, and you got first pick for that. Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. Is The Fiend getting the strap? I'm going to ask a question. Maybe you can answer because nobody else can. If you put the title on The Fiend, where do you go from here? Come on, well, The question would be who would step up to the plate now that Balor's gone, so we don't have Finn Balor versus the Fiend. That's out because that was supposed to be the comeback uh, match right there for the Demon versus the Fiend with the the shakeup and, and balance. I think you know what? I'd take a shot in the dark, just do something different. And I'd give the ball to Braun Strowman. Especially cool. since it looks like the Fiend can go anywhere he wants to right now. You know, he's being cross-promoted all over the place. I would give the ball somehow to Braun Strowman. To give Braun one more opportunity. Because the Fiend is, you can't keep the Fiend on one show. I'm sorry. You can have the Five Five Funhouse on one show, but keeping a fiend on one show exclusively would be a disservice to what Bray Wyatt is is building as a character. So if I had to pin it on somebody to have a shot, I would go that way, and that that would be a challenge for the fiend because you know i don't know about you but i would imagine that at some very near future seth rollins plans on marrying his boo which means he's gotta go on a honeymoon i'm quite sure his boo also wants to be part of that honeymoon so she may have to drop that belt some point too so they can disappear for a minute or she pull a brock lesnar take it with yeah him. that's true She's a man. She could do that. Seth, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we know who could take that belt with them and just go. So that, that's what I would do, probably. Because um, I don't see anybody else. It has to be another large figure, larger-than-life figure that, you know, you would see. And Brock Lesnar's out of the picture for that, so he would be the other one. But um, it had to be somebody believable, larger-than-life, that, like, oh, man, no, I think he may have a shot against the Fiend. Until you see the fiend pulling the psychological warfare. So imagine the type of psychological warfare the fiend could play against Braun Strowman. Because he did a lot versus Seth Rollins, who beat Brock Lesnar, which was the, the, the monster upon monster upon monsters that nobody ever thought was going to be beaten, by, let alone by Seth Rollins. And Seth did it. So now, it's like, okay, you beat Seth then by proxy you can be Brock, so we're not going to do that, but you got to face Braun Strowman, and he's huge and 
massive and da da da. And then next thing you know, you got Braun cowering in a corner, scared, based off of some of the stuff you're doing. That's a whole new dynamic, and that gives more range in his uh, portrayal as a character for Braun Strowman. So that's where I would go. But you still have to pick. I guess I got to go with Seth. I don't want to. I want to go with The Fiend. But you saying that, now that you've said it, you've put it out on Sideline Junkies Airwaves, I I know what's going to happen in three to six months. But maybe even three to six weeks. Oh, my God. Give me The Fiend. Let's go. Let, let, let me go ahead and just trust my gut on this one. No, you said Seth Rollins. Make up your mind. I'm going to save The Fiend. Right. I, 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 I would rather go opposite. I'm hoping you pick Seth. That way we don't have Heck to. Heck no. I'm going Bray Wyatt. <laughs> the way I just put him over, you should know I'm going with Bray Wyatt. I should make you be locked in, but nope. So that means that's only well, uh, two matches. One yeah. of them is a, 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 a roll of the dice crapshoot. So it could be one of those, one of us is right, or they went with the Revival. Okay. <laughs> or the B team, which would be cool. But, you know, that'd be an interesting uh, roll of the dice there. Or it's going to come down to the battle of <sighs> Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Interesting. Yeah. Crown Jewel um, is going to be interesting. So, so I mean, we don't really need a tiebreaker because we, 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 we don't know. No, so there's no tiebreakers. No tiebreakers. We're not doing no NFL tiebreaker or any craziness like that. It's going to come down to what it's going to come down to. Okay. I'm not, I'm, so I'm, you're I'm trying not, to cheat I'm now. Hard. You're trying to load it up. You won the last one. Be confident in your picks. Yeah, quiet now. He's like, yeah, I did win the last one. Yeah, I did win the last one. Yeah, right. yeah, you got me on that one. You got me. Got he. Got he. Uh, okay. All right. I'm 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 good with it. We, we just going to rock it like this. And speaking of got he, guess who just got it by freaking 2K. And this is where we're going to end the damn show. Mm-hmm. With my I'm mad as hell and Thankfully, my uh, picture by Edge was signed for my Clex edition of WWE 2K20. But there was one game back in the day. I'll take you back. Picture it. I sold and pre-ordered hundreds of copies. Telling people it's going to be the greatest one ever. You can not only create your own entrance, but on the Xbox original you can take your rip music and use that as your entrance theme that they would hear online and locally when you're playing it game came out this is how dedicated i am wife's in the hospital maybe a day before you know having a baby 
had the Xbox in the room, went to the store, picked up my copy of WrestleMania 21, put it in, game crashed, never loaded. Like, what the hell? Maybe I got a faulty copy. Went back to the store, swapped it, got another one, came back, same thing. Did it a third time. Like, what the hell is this going on? Then started getting phone calls into the store. My game is crashing too. It's not working. What's going on? Long story short, WrestleMania 21 is arguably the worst and biggest piece of garbage that was ever produced for wrestling games, period. Period. It was just 976 doo-doo. It, like, I refused to sell the game. Even during Christmas. Yeah, I want to get that WrestleMania. No, not selling it to you. Better take this SmackDown, here comes the pain, and call it a day. I am not selling you this garbage. I sold the GameCube games before I would sell uh, a better graphically, allegedly graphically better looking. Period. WrestleMania 21 still, in my opinion, the worst wrestling game to ever. I don't even know how to even have a section in the credits that says testers. Like, who tested this for real? Because they were they blind. Was it Stevie Wonder? Well, he's like, it sounds like something happened. Like, no, Stevie, that's the opening cinematic. You didn't even play the damn game. That's how much of a garbage thing that was. So that's the worst game ever. Fast forward to huh, this past Monday. What did I pick up? Wrestle. Oh, sorry. See, I'm still, I might as well just call it that. WWE 2K20. Hmm. Put the game in. Okay, loads up. First thing I see is player models. Now, if you want to understand what they really look like, Google WWF No Mercy and look at The Rock. He actually kind of looks like The Rock. Then Google WWE 2K20 and look at The Rock and ask me, who the hell is this? He looks like uh, a baby face, and by baby face, I mean baby face, D'Lo Brown. They don't even look like The Rock. They look like No Mercy images. Shane McMahon looks like Tommy Dreamer's little brother. <laughs> Becky Lynch, who's on the cover, don't even look like Becky Lynch. So I'm strolling through and I'm like, how do these people look so horrible? And then eventually it clicks. I know how. It's because these morons used, well, we won't be able to go over there and find people. Let's just go ahead and face scan everybody. So the same mechanic that they want you to do uh, that's better working and NBA 2K to take a picture of your face and then scan it into the game from your phone, that's pretty much what they did for everybody. And not everybody translates. Like, some people, they look like they're looking east to west at the same time. You can't get any more cross-eyed than that. But on a related story, my created character looks great. <laughs> so I can make myself look good, but everybody else looks like garbage. A. B. I don't even have to describe the glitches in the game. If you haven't seen that Fix WWE 2K20 has been trending on worldwide on Twitter, you will just look at Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and watch some of the videos of what the heck is going on. 
I still don't understand how somebody is powerbombing Xavier Woods while Xavier Woods is watching somebody powerbomb Xavier Woods. How do you, that's, that's like a, a, a out of body glitch. How are you powerbombing somebody that is standing next to you? It's not twins. That's crazy. The videos of people falling through the ring and then falling through the ring again. I've seen video of people just spinning around in the ring, getting caught in the ropes. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. And then on the funniest thing is the day after, they mess around and have a $50,000 Twitch stream tournament for some of the Twitch streamers and influencers battling it out to win 50 k And everybody's like, how the hell are you having a tournament and y'all trying to keep a straight face and this game is garbage? So finally, they released a statement saying, we're aware, and here's the terminology they use, and I quote, some players are experiencing it. Some players, damn near everybody is experiencing these problems. It's not a select few that got a batch that just went to one town in Georgia. No, this is nationwide problems. You know your game is horrible when the Japanese are given refunds. Mm. Sony is giving refunds for people who bought the game digitally. That's when you know your game is garbage. Sony is giving refunds. And they say it's going to take, we're going to look at it and see what we can do. It's going to take about two weeks to... Um, you know, get a, a patch out there to start working on some of these issues. So I know what you're thinking. Well, what's the backstory? Why is it so much garbage? The backstory is that the company Ukes that has had their hand in every major wrestling game period on a WWE side, all the way back to uh, N64, Nintendo 64, uh, decided they were going to step away from their relationship with 2K because 2K wanted Crystal Dynamics, the same people that do the NBA side of things, to have their hands in it in a partnership uh, of sorts. It's almost like Sony and Marvel, in essence. And they wanted them to make it more 2K-ish. And Yux is like, we know what we're doing, guys. Um, so Yux decided, hey, y'all want to go ahead and save money and, and cut some corners and Make it internally. Go ahead. Do what y'all going to do. We'll leave you with that. Have fun. So, again, I mentioned earlier about those, you know, that little line on uh, the credits about testers. Somebody tested this game at some point and then lied to other people saying, yeah, it works. It's good. And in this day and age, if you delay a game, it's like, okay, so the game got delayed. We'll get it. When it comes out, they delayed uh, 2K on the Nintendo Switch when it came out that one year, which I was pissed about, by a month to add some stuff. It was still kind of broken, but it wasn't like this, but they delayed it. Somebody in publishing 2K, Activision, uh, decided that they wanted to push this game out and let it be released. That is a person needs to get fired or reprimanded or something because just playing the game, you, you can't even in the tournament when they showed the player models right before the match starts. Like, we're gonna have to not mention 
that this person does not look like the character that is about to come down to the ring. Somebody made the call to let this game go out instead of delaying it. When they should have delayed it, because it was no rush, it's the only video game out there, you know, so if it doesn't come out, you can release it at WrestleMania time. Nobody would have been, all right, cool. It's 2K20. Why not release it in 2K20? Baseball is the only game franchise that comes out in a year that is numbered. Mad, we don't know what the hell number it is, truthfully, because you can't call it Mad. Madden 25 already happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we've already used that number when we get to it. So who knows? What, what are you going to call Madden 25 in 2024? Man 25, Man 25 Part 2. I'm sorry, that's a real question. What are you going to call it? No, on EA. Y'all getting Man 25? <laughs> no, I thought I already had it. Notice the other 25. How many 25s can you have, really? But whatever. So, that was, I just wanted to put that out there. That until further notice, this is the one time I agree with all the, the trolls and everybody else and the naysayers that are out following and blasting. And I even had to comment on Facebook and Twitter because mm-hmm. waiting for them to fix the game, this is 2K's Fallout 76. This is 2K's Anthem. I mean, this is their what the hell kind of crap is this garbage? Because they should have not have released this, period. I would have happily waited for my collector's edition no one I'm getting it because I pre-ordered it if the game was going to be fixed A and B for those folks that didn't get a sign I don't even know how they screwed that up a signed autograph picture from Edge or Rey Mysterio or Kurt Angle I mean that shouldn't have happened either so they paid for a collector's edition and there's no signature on it mm. that didn't make sense so I know Sony's pissed because they don't like Japanese don't like giving their money back no. period they don't play around with that. Like, oh, you bought it, didn't you? You know what you was clicking on yet? No money back. No refund. What you going to do about it? That's what I thought. <laughs> Buy an Xbox? You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> now, now, sitting here listening to you talk, and you brung up. Wait, but hold on. That- Before you say something, let me put it in one more perspective. And this is when you know I am heated. Last year, by this point, you had already seen and had a link to my entrance. Mm-hmm. That is true. I couldn't even make the entrance because it was so glitchy. It never loaded to create an entrance. Wow. So I, the game is still in my PlayStation, and I'm not playing it until I can actually create the entrance. Now you can go. I think hopefully that put that that put the frame on the picture I just painted. Yeah, it did. And just to take it back to WrestleMania 21, I looked up the 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 Metacritic score was 56 out of 100. EGM gave it a 5 out of 10. Eurogamer 3 out of 10. Game Informer 5.75 out of 10. Uh, Game Pro gave it four stars. GameSpot four and a half out of 10. That you was being nice because yeah, graphically it looked good. These are low game. I mean, these are low scores for a WrestleMania game. Now, that was WrestleMania 21. WWE 2K20. Metacritic for PS4. 41 out of 100. 
Xbox One, 43 out of 100. IGN, 4.3 out of 10. That is bad. And the first thing they say, WWE 2K20 received generally unfavorable reviews. Critics criticize the physics, the graphics, targeting, changing controls, and large amount of glitches. Yeah, I was cool with the control change. I'm like, I could, I could get, I can, you know, trying different things. I'm okay with that. But I haven't even played the game yet. But guess what? This is the second L in two months that the 2K team has suffered. They and everybody keeps saying, "Man, you're gonna get 2K20. You're gonna get NBA 2K20." No. Not until they fix all the glitches. Because anytime that game came out, and Ronnie 2K has been the man for what seven, eight years when it comes to 2K, he's uh he got the my player going. And I, I wish he would change it back to where it was, where you know you do the rookie showcase or you play three games in high school, three games in college, and then that you know, the rookie showcase, and that decides your, your, your draft status. Not just my pop bull where you buy VC point and you just bought the game two hours ago and you already at 97. I got a problem with that. But they took an L with, their, with 2K20 because of the glitches in the game. The game was just trash. A lot of people said this is 2K19 and a half. Mm-hmm. Because they so, stretched the, through the studio thin because they had to produce the wrestling. And the irony is, this would have been the year for NBA Live to release the game, too. Mm -hmm. They could have actually, I know they're kicking themselves in the pants, like, we release one, and then, no, we're not going, we're just going to quietly bow out. This was the year that y'all could have came back, because, like I said last year when I played it, one more year, and they could have put in the work and done it and took over, or at least matched 2K and given a solid option. People will be playing live right. You will be playing live right now. Hand yeah, over fist I, like it used to be. But they didn't do it. I haven't played NBA Live. Well, let me rephrase. I haven't bought an NBA Live, a new year of NBA Live since 2004. That was the last NBA Live that I bought with Vince Carter on the cover. I said after that live, I would never buy another live because every time I was going on a fast break, I got a man open. You know, you hit the the, the uh, L2 button, this last man back, or you could pass it to the first man ahead. I go to pass it. My man's at the free throw line. He has to jump and catch the ball, come down, gather himself. Then he has to think about it, scratch his head, have a cup of coffee. Then he'll dribble, but the whole defense is back. I couldn't get any fast break points. But on 2003, I could flip it ahead. My man would catch it in stride. He'd take off right outside the paint. Instant jam. I had no problem with that. Yeah, they put the dunk contest on 2005. 06 was okay. I didn't like the graphics on 06. But from Live 96 to Live 2004, they had a grip on the NBA. Uh-huh. 2K with 2K1. 2K1, 2K2, and 2K3 started slowly pulling it away from because their graphics were better. And they released their game a little bit later, so their rosters were more updated. This before you could go on the internet and get the rosters on a regular basis. 
but their rosters were more updated at the beginning of the season. So 2K started pulling away around that time. I I want to go back to where you know you had a choice between 2K and Live, but you didn't want to make the choice, so you bought both of them. Uh, and then you say they stretched the wrestling team then. It's supposed to be just a team of people. You got your wrestling team. You got your NBA team. What else does 2K make that you need to be stretched thin on? Mm-hmm. From that that's, sports side of things, yeah. And that's it. Well, Don Rodriguez is the head of the of the wrestling team. Big guy KG, he's the red, head of the, uh, of the NBA 2K team. I, I'm not my team's not working on your team. Your team's not working on my team. We're trying to put out the correct game. We're trying to get it done by our deadlines. In a perfect world, but technically in this time, hey man, let me come over your side of the street because I need some help. All right, let me come over your side of the street because I need some help. And then, oh man, we missed some stuff. Mm-hmm. We got deadline. You, you, we got to put it out. But 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 you sure? Okay. Like they were quiet for the first two days. But that they're still promoting the games out, the games out, the games out. Like while everybody, I mean, they put a post. You instantly have five hundred to a thousand people saying, "When are you gonna fix the game?" I have never heard of a negative trending worldwide for a wrestling game. <laughs> it's why, and but for the and for the record, WrestleMania twenty one Twitter didn't exist, so <laughs> <laughs> so this was the first time. Period. But for it to be for, from 2K, I think that's what that was the shocker to me. Yeah. Because it was 2K. I've never, ever had a problem with yeah, they, a 2K game. This wasn't even a phone in. This was Morse code. That's how basic it was. They sent a Morse code in and just released. Like, they know the game should not have been released. And it's not even like there was pressure to have it released because it's coincide with anything. There's nothing to coincide with. WrestleMania is when you coincide. If you say, all right, we have to have it out by WrestleMania, that's enough time. And then just start from that point, make it an annual thing. It comes out in April. That's all you had to do. We're delaying the game. We're working on it. If you're going to bring the 2K... Uh, uh, NBA 2K squad in that means graphically every superstar should be screened and scanned in at the level like I put 2K up right before the game come out I was running 2K 18 because I had an attract mode so it was just running on its own people were coming up thinking it was 2K 20 that's how good it looked 18 like man how you get a copy of 2K 20 that's 18 no it's not no, you got the the case right next to it. Yes, yeah, it's pre-order 2K20. So it's not it? No, man. We're running 18 to get the sounds of the game in the store. And people are sitting there thinking the NBA was on TV. Mm. I can't put this crap in. I was conflicted on whether or not I can sell it. So I just wanted to put my rant out there. Hopefully they fix it. I mean, I, I got the collector's edition, so it's not like I can return it. I didn't get it digitally, because if I did from Sony, I would have my money back by now. But, yeah, I don't know. I know we don't normally like to end on a sour note, 
Pour aller sur son bon jeu. <rire> hey, I, I agree. Uh, and we don't have to end on a, on, on, on a sour note. Um, on Twitter, what was that, yesterday? Uh, Nia Jax asked, did anybody miss her? And I had to let it be known. Yes, baby, I do miss you. How you miss her and you hiding out in her closet? It's okay. You can't miss the body you stalking every day. I don't, I wouldn't <laughs> call it stalking. I, I would call it secretly loving. It's called stalking when she's like, man, I can't remember where I put my shoes. Next thing you know, you slide them from out the closet. There it is. Oh, that they are. Um, I'm just your closet monster, baby. Mm-hmm. That's Roar! all. All right, baby shark. Hey, hey, speaking of which, do you know they played that at the Nationals game last night during yeah. the seventh? Grade? Yeah, I saw it, man. I'm like, they're crazy, man. And everybody doing a shark bite thing. Like, oh, my God. I know these kids are losing their minds. Like, my, it's baby shark. And the parents are like, shut up. I'm trying to see the game. <laughs> oh, you know, man. I had the game on last night, and my youngest daughter came in. She said, they're not doing it right. You got to do it like this. I said, they, they they just doing it for the baseball game, honey. It's, it's not about doing it right. She said, they're not doing it right. I know, I said, man. okay. What's wrong with these people? Get it right. Do, 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 baby. Yeah. Get it right. They playing Baby Shark in the club now. Hey. That, hey, you're going to do it? You're going to do it. So, uh, I guess with that, man, might as well just go ahead and tap out because uh, the series is about to start, and we'll find out who's going to win game number four. Well, Washington is up two to one. No, no, no. And we are at home. For no, we, we've already got it started. The Astros up four nothing. Really? What am I looking at? Are you sure? Was that? Is it? Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, we've been gone for a while, haven't we? Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's when you know you having a hot fire uh, show, and you went from yeah we normally do about uh, sixty minute to oh god it's been two hours. Yeah, well, well, this is our go-home show. This is why this show was so long. This is our go-home show before the pay-per-view. Yep, so we had to go home and get it all in, and then I had to go get him out Nia Jack's closet so that way he could come over and do the show. But now, <laughs> you know, she'll be home in about 20 minutes, so we got to make sure he gets back because we don't want him to go to jail for uh, violating his cease and desist order. You know. That's okay. It's a little These things, shoes people. are a little mine. Thing. These shoes are mine, Naya. Mm-hmm. So, well. So watch Total Divas. And if you <laughs> see a little, you know, hand sliding some shoes out, we all know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She's like, man, no I, felt, I felt somebody touch me in the shower. Wait, you turn around. He's still there. Like, yeah, this ain't no horror film. Nah, I just ain't. I just came here to wash your back. Close your eyes. Let me wash all that hair of yours. Mm-hmm. This is a family show. Don't get me started. <laughs> uh, yeah, t- tell them where they can uh, get all the shows and and hear about us. And you guys can uh, talk about some foosball and some XFL tomorrow and all that good stuff. Yes, indeed. Uh, of course, you can hear us right here 
on Anchor FM. You can hear us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, uh, Radio Public, Castbox. If you still got Google Play Music, we still on there. Uh, what else we got? Um, Podtail. Don't forget about the Podtail. Uh, Poddubes. <laughs> you name it, we on it. Uh, IG and Twitter, Sideline Junkies. On Facebook, Sideline Junkies, colon, podcast. So interact with us there. Um, always, we're always available at sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. So you have anything to say, whether you, if it's longer than a minute, it's going to take you longer than a minute to say it. Type Just it out. Just come on the show. <laughs> yeah, Just so come on the show. And we're more than welcome. You're more than welcome to come on and, and say what you got to say. And, you know, everybody think, oh, it's going to be an argument. No, we, we want to hear what you got to say. And then yeah, we, we don't have to argue. Who knows? Your ideas could be, you know, also, um, you know, kind of kidnapped by the WWE and moved over to a show like Backstage, which is actually pretty cool until they did a, a segment where they had from Ninja Warrior Akbar Gabarji, Gabarji Amila um, cut promos for promo school. And I was like, wait a minute. I remember there was a show that would, you know, for a while cut promos of different characters against each other. And stuff like that. It's mm. like, well, god dang. Oh, well, at least we made it to Fox Sports 1. Yep. And they stole that too. <laughs> Backstage. Oh god dang. How they stealing a promo thing, man. If they do that on a, as a weekly segment, I'm be so pissed. Oh, yeah. Speaking of backstage, Paige. Oh, my goodness. A gentleman that I talk about a lot. Uh, Professor Lucky, one of my 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 my, my football confidants, my football professors. You know, I, I'm able to talk sports the way I am because of him. Because he never let me have a word in edgewise. He, if it was dumb, he automatically said, "You know, those cut the you know what." So, but Paige, that's his girl. So Professor Lucky, you listen to this backstage, man. Go see your girl Paige. She looking good. And by backstage, we mean the show. So don't run backstage and try to do something. <laughs> you may get arrested. But I, if you I, see KG in the background hot in Nia Jack's bag, then, yeah, just go and give him a high five. Because she'd be on ride along. Like, I don't know why my bag's so heavy. This fool jumping out the trunk running. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to run. I, when you see me and Nia Jax together, we're going to be hand in hand. Mm, and then your wife running behind you with the other hand. Beat you with your own hand. Like, God dang, boy. Well, we just made ridiculousness. Yeah. World star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, man, we might as well go ahead and get out of here because we're not getting any younger. And no. the Nationals are not getting any closer to beating anybody at the top of the six uh, yeah 
Uh, how about y'all score? Just say. Oh, yeah, and I need you to score at least five runs, but they don't need to score. Houston doesn't need to score anymore. So call Serrano. Let him wake up those bats. Call Brady Anderson. Do what you need to do. Just Gotta saying. wake them bats up. Heck yeah. So put us to work. We are your undisputed, undefeated, undeniable, undeniable, unrivaled, unmatched world star <laughs> tag team you <laughs> champions of the universe. We are the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs, and we are out of here. Yep. This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.